I don't know of a single thing I do that is more important for my career and my business than those consistent weekly meetings surrounded by, in the case of the peer-to-peer mastermind I'm in now, other men, other Christian men who are pushing me outside my comfort zone on a regular basis, who are challenging, challenging me to do things that you know, I, I'm not convinced I'm ready to do, much like we were talking about before. Um, and who hold me accountable to the things that I say I'm going to do. I, you know, I mentioned them in my mastermind in the acknowledgments of my book in large part because that's something that likely would not have happened without them pushing me and encouraging me and reminding me that, Jeff, you can do this. You can make this, this happen. So I shudder to think where my business and career would be without those consistent groups. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, a top-ranked all-time career podcast in Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we expound on Zig Ziglar's be, do, and have philosophy, meaning you have to be the right kind of person, then do the right things before you can expect to have what really matters in life. And we want you to have what matters. Also, check out my podcast, What Drives You, where we talk with people who have reached impressive achievements to ask what drove them, good and bad. And we dig into the very motives that drive us all with the goal of clarifying just what is driving you. Then in my True Life podcast, we want to get you fully functioning physically so your body doesn't hold you back. You can find all three of my shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to The Ziggler Show, I invite you to visit ziggler.com. Connect with Tom Ziggler and the Ziggler family about upcoming events and how they can come alongside you and help you inspire your true performance. I'm back with Jeff Brown, who was with me in episode 627 to talk about the message of his podcast and book, both titled Read to Lead, where our focus was the power of reading and specifically reading to learn for our daily opportunity to learn and grow and increase our ability and opportunity. Well, this is my habits episode, and we talk and walk through Jeff's daily habits for success. As you heard in the intro clip, I lead this show off with Jeff gave a big testimony to the power of mastermind groups in his life. Which is interesting timing. If you'll venture to my newly revised website at kevinmiller.co, you'll see some new options to engage. One of which is the Driven Council, a select small group of people with me uh, to achieve just what Jeff testified to encouragement, shared wisdom, accountability, opportunity, and more. Well, next, I give you Jeff Brown and his successful habits for life and work, and you can connect with Jeff at readtoleadbook.com and get the first chapter of his book for free. Jeff, I asked somebody yesterday, I'm going to throw it at you because it was an interesting way to frame it when we're looking at consistent habits, daily, weekly, whatever your, your routines. Mm. Are there any, as we look at the areas, you know, physical health and wellness or relationships or mental state or money or spiritual career and work or personal interest, anything that you have recently changed or made a new addition to? Um, you know, one that I would say is a recent change is in the area of health. Okay. 
Um, that's been a struggle for me. I've been all my life uh, a small guy. I've, I've never weighed more than 175 pounds. You know, I, I don't <laughs> put on a, a ton of weight no matter what I try to, to eat or do. Um, but I, I was a little, a little bit pudgy, you know, if I'm being honest. And it wasn't until, you know, in the last few years, I got really serious about my weight and my health. And so a few years ago, uh, for me, that involved uh, implementing running a few times a week into my schedule. And I hate running, <laughs> but I don't hate it as much as I hate going to the gym. Okay. <laughs> so, so, and I love running outside. And so uh, that's uh, one thing I started doing several years ago, but then more, recent, uh, more recently, in part because I, I don't spend time at the gym. That's just not something that interests me, but I, I want to, you know, tone up a little bit more. I did something uh, relatively simple. Uh, I, I know your dad is aware of this because I can remember him commenting about this one time, but I started this process of just doing sit-ups and push-ups every day. And it started out small, you know, 25, 30. And eventually over time, by adding one more each day, mm -hmm. I was able to work my way up to 100 sit-ups and 100 push-ups back-to-back all in one, you know, 10, 15-minute uh, session. And so I do that now. Uh, virtually every day, along with running about three or four times a week. And that has uh, dramatically changed how I sort of look at myself, how I view myself. I, I look at pictures of myself more recently versus just a few years ago. I like the way I look much better. I like the way I feel much better. Uh, I, again, I hate running, but I love having ran. And I just That's remind great. myself anytime I'm struggling to get out on, on a particular morning that, hey, just think about how you're going to feel once this is over. And if I can, if I can uh, latch onto that, then running gets a little easier. That's so interesting. That's, you know, Zig Ziglar's story is similar to that of running, but he little by little did it more and more, though he got to the point, he said, where he actually loved running. Now, I have talked to some other people over the years doing this so many times. I have no idea how many times I've done the habit show here and interested to find some people who say, no, you know what? I exercise, you know, in whatever form or fashion. And I realized that today, after all this time, I pretty much still hate it. Don't like it at all, uh, but I do it because, and I like what you said. I don't like running, but I like having ran. So I want people to hear that, that man, because we often, you know, health and wellness and we're pushing people, Hey, just do it. And eventually you'll love it. Well, maybe you won't, but I love what you just said. There are definitely some workouts here and there. I enjoy my exercise a lot, but I'm not so looking forward to it. But afterwards, I'm so grateful I did it. It's a great perspective on that. Well, let me put in there with your working out, which congratulations on implementing that in your life. Are there any nutrition? What are your nutritional habits? Mm. Yeah, I owe a lot to my wife. When we got married, uh, you know, I had been, I, I'm twice married. I was divorced many, many years ago. And in between marriages, I kind of let myself go a little bit and just ate whatever and ate fast food. And that's something I rarely uh, do anymore. Um, we eat a lot of fish, a lot of chicken, uh, a lot, of, lot more salads uh, in, the, in the years I've been married than all of the years preceding my <laughs> being married. My wife does a great job of making sure that we eat uh, healthy. I do eat uh, red meat. I enjoy a good burger or steak uh, every, every now and then, but a lot of fish, a lot of chicken, a lot of greens. Um, I eat two things I never used to eat at all, thanks to my wife. That's I get my share of broccoli. I get my share of mushrooms. I used to detest mus mushrooms probably more than I hate, hated running. 
<laughs> but uh, uh, through my wife's cooking, I've learned to come to appreciate uh, mushrooms prepared in all different sort of ways, uh, sorts of ways, as well as as well as broccoli. It's interesting. I have my other podcast, the True Life Podcast. Right now, we're talking specifically going into the different categories of food. Mm-hmm. And I think about that. I don't. We never mention mushrooms yet. I appreciate them. Don't have them a ton, but man, yeah. to buy some and saute them with some onions and butter or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Uh, you said so. I, I would encapsulate yours in a. You're primarily going after. Whole foods, not some specific regimented type of, you know, right. dietary structure or confines, but primarily whole foods. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I have never, never done any diets of any kind, um, and uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's not something I plan on starting anytime soon. I, <laughs> I just don't feel like that that uh, that I need to. Uh, if I you know eat healthy. Yeah. You know, 80, 90% of the time and exercise, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Yeah. Agreed. Well, you, you're looking good, Jeff. You're looking good. So <laughs> thanks. How about, uh, relationships uh, mm-hmm. the next spoke? What are some of the things that you do habitually, routinely, consistently mm-hmm. to nurture relationships to be where you want them to be? Yeah. I used to not have parameters around my work schedule. I've been working for myself for mm-hmm. just over eight years. And so that it would not be unusual for that to involve, you know, starting at, you know, seven or eight in the morning and wrapping up at seven or eight in the evening and doing that five or six days a week sometimes. Um, and that continued for a few years until my wife and I had a, had a sort of come to Jesus meeting. I like to call it. It's like this, this can't continue. Um, and it kind of opened my eyes to, 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 to those practices and what I was doing and what I was making excuses for and that sort of thing. And so I began putting very strict boundaries on my work schedule uh, to the chagrin of some people in masterminds I was in at the time, if right. believe it or not, and, and some other folks I would, I would uh, interact with. And so I found that, you know, what is it? The um, uh, Parkinson's law, I think it is, it says our work expands, you know, to the time that we, <laughs> that we give it. Yeah. And I found when I put boundaries on things, at first that felt constricting, but that helped me focus. That helped me maintain focus throughout the day such that I realized I didn't need 12 hours to finish my work. I only took that amount of time because, again, there were no boundaries on it. Another thing we did that uh, we do to this day, in fact, uh, this will be happening after this interview, every Wednesday we've carved out in the middle of of, of the day, a date day, uh, so from 11 to 4, 11 a.m. to, I'm sorry, 11 to 3, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. is carved out on my schedule every week. We're, we're more or less homebody. So when it comes to weekends, we're not uh, uh, likely to go out on our own, just the two of us and fight the crowds. If we're meeting with another couple or uh, multiple couples, yeah. we're much more likely to, be do, to do that on the weekends. Uh, but we decided that for us, a great date time is in the middle of the day and the middle of the week. And so we instituted that. It's on my digital calendar, so it's protected, meaning that anyone who has access to putting time on my calendar doesn't even see that time uh, show up. And so that's something that we, we, we uh, give a lot of importance to, protect it. That 11 to 3 time slot is for us to go have lunch and uh, to do anything you know, we want to do during that, during that time frame. Uh, we, we usually make it up as we go. We don't often like, plan it religiously, but uh, it, it's just something that's really important to us. All right, Jeff, next spoke is 
mental, the things that you do. And gosh, we're in a time right now where mental health, you know, is, it's constant, but in the personal development industry, obviously we look at so much that we do to alter and refine and solidify our mental abilities, mental state. So what are some of the things that fall in line for you there? You know, I used to think it was uh, things like affirmations and visualizations were were kind of silly i i I can't think of affirmations without thinking back to uh, the al franken character on saturday night i'm good Uh, enough i'm smart (laughs) enough and doggone it people like me love it absolutely i I absolutely love it i had the hardest time getting getting past that for so long but but in the reading that i do and i read uh, with a fair amount of regularity i was realizing that many successful people people that i admire do affirmations, do visual uh, visualizations, um, and that maybe I was missing out. And so um, I started that practice. I'm not consistent with it to the point that I do it every single morning, but I'll do things like, you know, sit up in bed first thing. And before my feet hit the floor, you know, I'm telling myself out loud, today's going to be a great day. You know, I think it's, it's possible for us to set the tone with things like that. Um, I'll, uh, you know, uh, spend some time in, in journaling and writing what I'm, what I'm grateful for and that sort of thing. Uh, and I have found too, I, I mentioned books, uh, the books that I read have, have been uh, transformative for me and, and my mental health, I would say, uh, in part just by expanding my mindset as to what I think I'm, I'm capable of. Um, there have been a couple of times where I've suffered from bouts of, it's only been a couple, uh, thankfully I've not been clinically diagnosed with having suffered from anxiety, but that's what I would call it, a panic attack on a couple of different occasions, oddly, uh, in the very moment we're in right now, doing podcast interviews, being on stages where I thought I was an imposter, being on stages, this was years ago, thinking that I'm somewhere I'm not supposed to be. How did I get here? This person thinks I'm an expert in X, but I don't think I'm an expert in X. And getting to a point where I'm asked a question and unable to answer, unable to speak, and my heart is racing hmm. and <laughs> feeling like it's up in my throat. Yeah. And I, I, I have to like stop and say, hey, can you give me just I, this happened twice within a period of 18 months where I just had to, to step away, breathe and then come back and was able to finish. But I, as I analyzed those things, I realized I had allowed myself to believe things about myself that weren't true. And because of that, anxiety got, got the best of me. So the books that I read, books like 48 Days to the Work, and life you love from from your dad and and many others, again have been transformative for me in, in getting beyond that. I want to ask you, Jeff, about that imposter syndrome. I find it to be so rampant mm. and something that I struggle with as well. Since those times that you referenced, have you found that you have? gotten past that you've overcome that you don't feel the imposter you don't feel the imposter anymore or that it still crops up and you recognize that it still exists for whatever reason but you've maybe just gained faith to go beyond that knowing it's false yeah it's it's the latter it it still crops up and rears its ugly head and i think that will always be the case to to some degree and i think always be the case for all of us to some degree um, but the degree is far less than, than it used to be. I'm able to, to recognize it for what it is, uh, to, to label it, to, to name it, uh, and, and literally move on. Um, I think uh, it's important, um, uh, as I pray and, and meditate, 
uh, every morning uh, to call those things out for, for what they are. Um, I'm a big, big believer too, and, and we're both huge fans of, of Seth Godin. I'm a big, big believer in this idea that Seth once shared with me, and it's, it's not necessarily unique to Seth, but this idea that your, your belief and your confidence in yourself, if you're going to do anything worthwhile in the world, is always going to be playing catch-up. It's always going to be playing catch-up. And so your, your job is to do first and believe second. <laughs> he said to me once, we don't take action because we believe. We believe because we take action. And again, he punctuated that with do first, believe second. So I've embraced that. Um, uh, not, it's not a fake it till you make it type of, of mindset. I recognize that I'm capable of this thing I'm about to embark on. I may not feel yeah. fully ready, uh, but if I can just take action, eventually that belief and confidence in myself catches up. That's interesting. I'll, I'll be thinking on that. Cause I, I, I do, I, I ponder that it, it, it comes up that I'll have that imposter syndrome. I know that I'm capable. That's, that's a good way of looking at it. I know that I'm capable, which is what makes it odd. And yet mm. it's still there. And I walk forward on the faith of my capability. Again, even though it's, it's odd that that imposter syndrome still pops up and it's mm -hmm. just an interesting topic because it exists. And so, so Many people, my experience, and it may just be because of a bias of that's who I'm around more so, is mm. men. Um, mm. Thank you. Financial mm. spoke next. Mm. Tell me about some of the money habits you've got. Mm. I, I've had a lot of struggles here over the years. I wasn't really taught in school, you know, <laughs> how to do things like balance a checkbook and, yeah. and all those sorts of things. Uh, as many of us are not taught, I uh, kind of learned those things from my mom, thankfully, um, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, the, the Mike Michalowicz sort of concept of, of profit first. When it, when it comes to business, you know, the typical thinking is, well, you know, we have this revenue coming in and then we take out expenses and then what's left over is, is profit or what we pay ourselves. And Mike's whole concept is, no, you take that revenue and you pay yourself first. And then what's left over goes to expenses. And if there's not enough, that makes us really look long and hard at what our expenses are and where do we need to cut expenses uh, first versus, uh, you know, cutting your own salary or, or what have you. And so uh, that's been something I've tried to practice uh, for about, well, about, since I became familiar with the concept about three or four years now. Um, you know, and I do the typical saving in mutual funds, uh, no NFTs <laughs> this time. Those make me a little bit nervous. Uh, I've got some friends who are doing well in that space, uh, but I'm, I would just have to learn a lot more about that before I'm willing to, to step out there. It's just a little too volatile for, for my taste. Um, and in giving uh, has been something that thankfully I've been able to do consistently to my church and elsewhere uh, for a little while. But, but here's the thing. I, I found that uh, it wasn't until I started doing things, and I'm ashamed to admit this, honestly, but doing things like automatic bank drafts yeah. <laughs> for, for various institutions that I want to give to, that it got consistent. There was, a, there was a sort of a mental issue I had for the longest time, Kevin, of, well, you know, I, I need to take this step manually and give this and acknowledge I'm giving it. Uh, you know, scripturally, I, I felt like it was important yeah. to, to do that. But what I realized is, I wasn't as consistent as I wanted to be. And I thought, well, what, what is more important for me? I decided it's more important for me to be consistent and do this, whether I'm having to think about it or not. And consistent for me meant those automatic 
bank drafts. And so over the last three or four years since I've been doing it, I've given far more than I did leading up to that. Am I engaging with that as regularly as I did when I was doing it manually? No. But the impact of what I'm giving, I think, has, has, has done far more than, than the old way I was doing it. And that's, that's how I've justified doing it the way I do it now. Oh, it's interesting. I remember uh, it used to be I tithed 10% militantly. You want to know how much I made in a year? I could tell you that by the church. You know, they give you the thing, how much you gave at the end of the year. Yeah. Because yeah. it was dead on. And then what you said, Jeff, is what hit me that, man, I have no connection with it. It's like a bill. I just, it just goes, I just don't pay attention to it. And so I stopped doing that. And we were at a time where we were very tangibly involved with a ministry. We were given money. It was great. That time has passed. And now it wasn't that long ago. My wife was saying, you know, we're just really not giving anywhere now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I'm back to that as well. So good food for thought for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this habits episode with Jeff Brown. Next, I asked Jeff about his spiritual habits, and he says he's now had 624 consecutive days of being in the Bible, but he was seldom in it till just a year and a half ago. But he also shares uh, some daily devotionals that he's reading through and that he's also currently reading a daily bit from Ryan Holiday's The Daily Stoic Book, which I have gone through as well. Well, on the note of ministry and whatnot, that's the next spoke is spiritual. What are some of the habits you employ to have yourself spiritually where you want to be? Well, I would like to say that daily Bible reading is something that I've always done, uh, but I can only say that to be the case consistently for the last year and a half, honestly. It wasn't until, let's see, I started uh, I wanted to get through the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. That's something I had never done. And so I started a Bible in a year plan in 2017. And I think I made it about three months or so. And then, you know, that ended. And if and when I read, it was just haphazard and, and whatever. And then 2020 came. This was pre-COVID. I didn't know COVID was coming. But uh, 2020 came. And I thought, I need to recommit to that. I, I, I need to finish what I started. I could have started right back from the beginning, but I, I thought, no, I'm going to give myself some momentum. I made it three months in. I'm going to pick up with where I left off, go back to the Bible app. My, my, my marker's still there where I left off. I'm going to pick up with that and finish the rest of the Bible. So in August of last year, some, somewhere around August, I got through the entire Bible and I decided then I would make it a point to open my, my Bible app on my phone every day. And, and the Bible app serves up uh, you know, a verse of the day. And so every day, I go through that verse. I take handwritten notes uh, on what I'm reading. Uh, They they walk you through a story. There's someone who presents the verse. There's the verse itself. There's a written devotional uh, video, et cetera, much like an Instagram story. And I walk through that and I take about a page of notes in my, in my daily planner every single day. And I've done that. It's, it's been, I've been doing that particular thing now for over a year because I started that in August of, of 2020. Um, and I have 600 and I just did this one, 624 consecutive days wow. in the Bible. <laughs> so, wow. so that to me, uh, you know, I'm 55. I don't have any streak, anything close to that prior to the last uh, year and a half. So that's, that's taken discipline. Um, it, it, it all was a part of a process of me getting serious about uh, my weeks and how my weeks are structured and, and the date days and all of that stuff. 
And, and all at once, I just overhauled the entire week and said, I've got to get serious about this and, and been able to, to maintain that streak, not only with reading from the Bible, but also a couple of other devotionals. I do a total of three every morning, uh, and I use the word devotional uh, loosely because uh, they're not all true devotionals, but one is uh, Leadership Promises for Every Day from John Maxwell, uh, which uh, refers to uh, a Bible verse and then teaches a leadership concept, and there's one for every day of the year. And then I also read, just to, just to kind of challenge my thinking sometimes on things or expand how I view things, is I read from the Daily Stoic yeah. every day, a book by Ryan Holiday, and I've been doing all three of those now since January 1 uh, of 2020. I spent a, about a year going through uh, or utilizing the Daily Stoic as well after it was sent to me by mm. my father, Dan Miller. Mm. He sent it to mm. me and I went through that. And, you know, on that aspect of daily devotionals, I'll put in a shameless plug for Zig Ziglar. Uh, folks, if you don't know, he's got one called Daily Insights with Zig Ziglar. Oh, and that one has been, yeah, it's been in our... That probably spent three years in our family, the the primary downstairs bathroom, uh, to be mm. can to be <laughs> candid. But it was it's just a it's a great one. So if you're a Zig Ziglar fan, a lot of people just don't realize it's there. Daily insights with Zig <laughs> Ziglar. Uh, all right. Well, hey, the next one uh, on here, Jeff, is career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, career, now you, you know, you're self-employed, but you've had various things you've done. This is one, as most people on the show, you've got a lot going on. Your book just came out, lots of opportunities cropping up. So what are the mm-hmm. things that you employ to keep your career where you want it to be? You know, not getting distracted and looking mm. at all the other opportunities is, is one that I often find myself looking at, but also the things that just helps your own, you know, productivity, anything that stands out for your habits with your workday. Yeah, and we've talked uh, quite a bit about one of those, and that's the intentional and consistent reading I do. So I won't yeah. spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, right up there with reading, I would put the, the mastermind groups I've been involved in. Um, I facilitate mastermind groups, but I also participate in, in peer-to-peer mastermind groups and have for close to 10 years now. And I don't know of a single thing I do that is more important for my career and my business than those consistent weekly meetings surrounded by, in the case of the peer-to-peer mastermind I'm in now, other men, other Christian men who are pushing me outside my comfort zone on a regular basis, who are challenging challenging me to do things that, you know, I'm not convinced I'm ready to do, much like we were talking about before, um, and who hold me accountable to the things that I say I'm going to do. I, you know, I mentioned them my mastermind in the acknowledgments of my book in large part, because that's something that likely would not have happened without them pushing me and encouraging me and reminding me that Jeff, you can do this. You can make this, this happen. So I shudder to think where my business and career would be without those consistent groups. I remember um, uh, early on in, in my uh, current business, wanting to reach out uh, to a, a, a pretty significant influencer about, uh, doing a joint venture webinar. And uh, I, I didn't think that I was ready. And I didn't think that this person would would say yes. And they reminded me, Jeff, by not asking this person, you're saying no for them. <laughs> Let them say no. Don't do it for them. Wow. And so I went reached out to, to this person and, and, and asked. And I got an email response within less than 10 minutes. Absolutely, I would do a joint venture webinar with you. 
And that was my very first one. And that gave me a lot of confidence to reach out to others and do that, that sort of thing as one particular stream of income in, in my business. That's just one minor example. I've done a, a virtual summit uh, of, of 30 plus speakers a couple of years ago that I'd wanted to do for a long time. If not for my mastermind group, I don't believe that would have ever actually gotten off the ground. They've just been instrumental in, in, in helping me reach the goals I set for myself. And again, keeping me accountable to those goals. But it's great testimony. We talk all the time, but it feels like lately it's ramping up the mm. power of relationships, like what you just talked about, the, the relationships that lift us, that challenge us, that support mm. us, that encourage us. And the reality that we just continue, I'm going to keep saying it too, because I want people to hear it uh, and know that they are in a, a harder place in our culture. We are more uh, separated, isolated than ever. And we just mm. don't understand it because we feel you know, quote, more connected because of social media and whatnot. And we are, are back connected with, you know, high school friends. Right. But who do you have that you can? Well, you know, my dad, he's big on his 3 a.m. club. Who can you call at 3 a.m. Mm. with a need? And they're there to help you. And as we talk about that more and more, we find that the majority, like what does the average person have? How many? Zero. Mm. That's flat out the reality right now. The average person has nobody they can call, maybe a family member from an obligatory sense, which is not really an invested you know, friendship as you're talking about. So thank you for putting that out there. Mm. Personal spoke is the last one here. Always curious one for me. Uh, this one can be under, it ultimately is self-care, but I like mm. to throw in the words of play and mm. fun uh, hobbies, you know, any personal interests that would mm. fall in there? What, uh, what do you participate with habitually in regards to that, <laughs> that makes Jeff an inspired Jeff? Yeah. And, and self-care is a big part of that for sure. I, I, I mentioned, you know, time and gratitude every morning. My morning ritual is very, very important to me because I think without that, I'm not the person I need to be to have the impact I want to have throughout the rest of the day. And depending on your season in life, uh, you may adjust how much or have to adjust how much time you dedicate to a morning ritual. But I'm at a place now where I can dedicate as much as three to three and a half hours mm. to a morning ritual. If I get up at, at 5 a.m. Uh, and I don't always get up at 5 a.m., but that's the goal. Um, and I adjust my morning ritual. I used to think I had to do these same 13 things every day. And it was very regimented to the to the time I spent on each one of them so that I could get them all in three and a half hours. Most mornings they didn't happen. And most mornings I ended up frustrated because they didn't happen. And what I realized is I needed to loosen that to the extent that I still had those 13 things listed out. I still wrote them down and identified what those things are. But now I allow myself to pick and choose from that list the things I'm going to do today or mm. look at the day ahead of me and go, which of those 13 things would really impact me today the most right now if I did them this morning before the day began. So it's like a smorgasbord of things I can choose from yeah. and I'll, I'll start my day doing it. Now, there's some things that are non-negotiable, like those things I mentioned earlier, the reading that I'm doing in the morning, the Bible, the Daily Stoic, and, and Leadership Promises from Maxwell. Those happen every morning. Uh, prayer, some things are non-negotiable, but other things I can, I can pick and choose depending on the kind of day I want to have. Um, as far as fun, uh, for some, this, I guess, is, is work, but I love, and I've recently been given the, 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 the go-ahead to do this at my church, you know, the small group of my church. It's, we say small, but it's, it's probably, I don't know, 
30 couples or something like that. So, you know, 50, 60 people in a small group. But uh, others have been paying attention to the things I'm doing out in the world. And they're saying, Jeff, we, you know, we'd love it if you'd bring some of that knowledge here to us. You know, I think about uh, some of the stories your dad has told me of, of going to churches with his three-ring binder and teaching 48 days yeah. uh, you know, from that three-ring binder before it became a book. I'm not comparing yourself or myself to, to your father by any means. I don't mean to be sounding like I'm doing that. But it's been really fun for me to get in front of groups and talk about the kinds of things you and I are talking about uh, today, the things I think that most people don't take time to learn and to understand. So to me, that is a lot of fun to get in front of other groups and, and, and uh, give these sort of mini public talks. I, I say, uh, you know, it's, it's funny to call that play in part because I used to hate public speaking. I used to be terrified of public speaking. So to even hear myself say that all these years later, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Something that I used to hate, I now love uh, to do. Beyond that, uh, my wife and I love, you know, a good movie occasionally. Uh, you know, so so we've got the, you know, Dolby Atmos enabled sound system at home and the 4K screen. And it sits there blank most of the time or on some screensaver, fish tank screensaver or some nonsense. But we love uh, to fire it up uh, on occasion, maybe once a week and just watch uh, watch a good movie together and feel like we're at the theater without having to go to the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. agree, man. I I so enjoy a good movie. I have such a hard time finding something I'm willing to mm. risk two hours on. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I get you on that. Man, thank you for coming back, for giving us a behind the scenes look and talking through the habits. You've got me thinking on a couple of things. So uh, I'm uh, I'm inspired and yeah, appreciate you investing with us again, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin, so much for having me. I enjoyed this conversation immensely, so I appreciate it. And uh, you're welcome on my show anytime. Um, and anytime I can, can offer uh, advice or help to your folks, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. Okay, great insight and sharing from Jeff Brown. Again, you can connect with Jeff at readtoleadbook.com, where you can get the first chapter of his book for free. Coming up next in episode 930, we hear a classic sales message from Zig Ziglar that takes to task our tendency to try and convince people they need our product or service, which just seldom works. Success comes from persuading them by asking the right questions, questions that qualify them. And what truly happens is they persuade themselves. That is when you make a sale. And I asked the Ziegler audience, what is a primary question you can ask people that lets them and you know if they are a relevant candidate for your product or service? Tom Ziegler and I talked through the comments and just expound on how to ask questions that persuade people if your product or service is really a true fit for them. Till next time, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.